Neil Before Blog presents Neil Before Pod. Hello and welcome to Neil Before Pod interviews. I'm your host Craig and recently I had the pleasure of talking to Jim Krieg, Jeff Womister and Butch Lukic, writer, director and supervising producer respectively of the most recent DC animated movie Justice League Crisis on Infinite Earths Part 1. Our discussion covers their approach to adapting a massive event, finding the emotional core and teases for the remaining two parts. Sit back, relax, and enjoy. Hi, I'm Craig from Neil Before Blog. I've spoken to two of you before on other projects. So, Jim, this is my first time speaking to you. Just Great to, to meet you, and I love a pun title. I love <laughs> punctuation in title, and I love a pun title. So, Neil Before Blog is great. Thank you. I'm glad, I'm glad you like it. So first thing I want to say is congrats on the film. Absolutely loved it. I think it was a great start to this trilogy of crisis films. I know Thank it's you. not easy material to tackle, so well done on all of you. Thank you. So on that, adapting something like Crisis must be really, really daunting. Can you talk a bit about how you arrived at making it a flash story for the first part so making it a more intimate character-driven story with this massive thing happening behind it in looking at these stories uh, what we always try to do is when we adapt comic stories we try to say well what do you remember about this story because a lot of them are really beloved stories sometimes from our childhood and we don't necessarily remember each beat accurately we just remember the feeling or the tone and certain important plot points and certainly in crisis half the time what we remember is is that beautiful george perez art and those splash pages and those covers and to some extent we took those as the major beats and turning points of the story and then worked to retro engineer it and of course the one huge thing that people always remember about crisis on infinite earths is that barry allen dies so it's a rare opportunity in our world to take the focus off of the trinity of batman superman wonder woman and look at the flash and really give him someone described it as the flash's greatest hits and so we tried to hit as much of that as we can. And we still had to lose stuff. We were still didn't have room for Wally. But we tried to hit as many points in Barry's life as humanly possible. Given well, that. also, yeah, I guess the original Crisis also had the fourth world involved in Darkseid and Flash. And that's already been dealt with in James Tucker's version. So we couldn't go that way. So Jim had to create a version of Crisis minus the fourth world version, which was involved. And you were drawing on a lot of the material, well, most of the material from the films that had been building up to it. Was that easier in a way to use material that you'd created as the basis of it rather than trying to bring in elements that people might not have seen before? Well, again, we started out, we knew we had to get to Crisis. So basically we had seven movies to figure out how to get there and find out while we were working on script to script, which character now could become so-and-so by the time we got to Crisis. Tony, when you say it like that, you think, seven movies, that's a tremendous amount of material. <laughs> and at the same time, it just felt like we were racing through it. And it would have been so nice to have 17, but it might yeah, have killed us on the other hand. Because Long Halloween was two movies that had nothing to do with where we needed Crisis to be. So those two movies didn't have any bearing on what crisis would end up being. So it was the later movies that we had to start figuring out, okay, this is But at least we had those characters. At least we could pull his villains out and had some of those props and things. Yeah. I mean, Jensen Jensen is throughout the Batman, and he's Earth-1 Batman from here into crisis. Was it at all tempting to bring in elements from previous animated DC stuff because it's had a long history, the old Superman cartoon from the 90s or anything like that, or you might do that in later films. Well, again, we, in part two, we are bringing in one or two animated characters, but drawn in this style and 
from then on into the next films, we'll see. You'll have to watch all three to see how much we were tempted. <laughs> I will absolutely be doing that, not a problem. And in terms of the future films that are coming up, the first film is very much hooked on The Flash and his reaction to these events, but you've lost that hook now. So is the philosophy of storytelling similar in the other two films with finding an emotional core to draw on? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think uh, all three movies, it's an emotional pull because there's going to be losses and destruction and death so all the way through it's basically empire strikes back three times <laughs> yeah and also there are similarities and differences we always are going to emotionally hook a movie onto a character but that time travel non-linear storytelling won't be there but that would be replaced with how many locations the character goes to and alternate earths and other confusing elements that hopefully will be <laughs> equally entertaining and did you look at the cw version of this at all when you were preparing for this? No, nope. I did. I saw a couple episodes here or there, but in the middle. So I didn't know where they were as far as where we were, but we never looked at them as a source. We just kept straight with what we could and couldn't do with Mark Wolfman and George Perez's version. Just so you know, we were working on this for a long time. So to find out that they were also working in parallel lines was somewhat disappointing because in live action you can turn it around so quickly and it's a little disheartening to go, I can't believe they're ripping off the Arrowverse. And you're like, oh, we're not ripping off the Arrowverse. We're ripping off the George <laughs> Perez, Marv Wolfman. Yes, we are totally ripping them off. Jeff, since you haven't asked one yet, what was it like as a director to take on Crisis? That must have been both amazing and terrifying. <laughs> yes, that is accurate. Then I had George Perez's art. I was a huge fan of his Teen Titans and stuff that he had done. It was a big inspiration for a lot of art that I did at the time. And being able to tackle something like this was both a big honor, but also, good God, that's a lot. But I'm super glad we didn't go super wide on everything. We were actually able to connect with characters, which is for me as a storyteller, I think it's a really strong way to tell a story, no matter how big it is, to let the audience be a part of it. Yeah, it's one of those things yeah, that could have just been a mess of but it wasn't. When I was a director for Bruce Tim, I think it was the second season at the end of Justice League Animated, he told me, guess what? Third season, we're going to have hundreds of characters more. It's going to be great. I said, yeah, great for you. I quit. And I did. <laughs> so thankfully, Jeff did Crisis and directed it because I would have just quit. <laughs> But yeah, it was good finding that, oh no, this is actually the flashy story. And then the multiverse stuff is easier to digest because you're seeing it from his point of view. Yep. That was one of my fears going in. It was, how am I going to follow this? How is anybody going to follow this? Because if you try and read the comic, it's insane to try and keep up it with. It is. It's a beautiful insanity. These three movies, structurally, it's pretty sound and you can follow through past the first movie pretty clearly, but there's still shocks along the way. And that's what makes the movies. And I think it'll be a nice finish. When we get to the finish, some people, there'll be some sad things that they'll have to view at the very end, but I think they can take it. Or some people need to grow up. <laughs> it is a sad ending, but it's also a happy ending. It's a hopeful ending. Well, I'm really looking forward to seeing what comes next. Like I say, I love the first film, so well done. And I'm really looking forward thank to you. seeing the other two parts play out. I'm being told there's very little time left. So I'll just say thank you for your time. Thanks for taking the time to talk to me. It was great getting some insights into the film. And roll on part two. Thank Thanks, you. Man. Can we say the trailer drops tomorrow? Because it does. Part two, yeah. For listeners, it will be in the past. The trailer will already <laughs> be out. Thank you very much. That was my conversation with Jim Craig, Jeff Womister, and Butch Lukic. We wish them all the best for the remaining films and all future projects. If you want to talk about anything discussed here or anything else, you can contact us on Twitter, Blue Sky or Facebook under Neil Before Blog or leave a comment on neilbeforeblog.co.uk.
You can also join us on Discord. For more interviews, a monthly news podcast, and deep dive analytical discussions about your favourite nerdy things, join us on Kneel Before Pod.